Welcome to Earth's Mightiest Weirdos. We are here talking about the finale of Miss Marvel and what a finale it was. But let's welcome in the panel, first and foremost, returning for her many, many times, is Sarah from the Nerd Emporium. Sarah, how are you this evening? I'm I'm doing well. I just finished watching Jurassic World Dominion for the second time. I yeah, how was it? it? Really? Cheesy, cheesy wow. and delicious. I loved it so much. Kevin, have you seen Jurassic World Dominion? I have not. I have to say, I don't think I've seen any Jurassic World uh, parks beyond the first one. Like, so. like since the original Jurassic Park thirty years ago. Well, I've seen that. I didn't see it thirty years ago, but I saw the first one, and then I don't think I've checked out any of the other ones. So, whoa, yeah. Who are you? I take. That's that's insane. Uh, okay, uh, that's Kevin. Uh, <laughs> it's been a pleasure having him. Um, and then our special guest for this evening is Neebs from the Salam Nerds podcast. Neebs, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, I'm happy to be here, man. I'm really excited. We are very grateful that you were here to join us. We hope that you're uh, able to sit off to the side for just a minute while we get to the business that is at hand here on Earth's Mightiest Weirdos. It is the world according to Jax. Jackson, how are you? Good. All right. Well, Jax... How about you tell us what you thought of the finale of Miss Marvel? I uh, liked it. It's probably my first Here. or second favorite. You're not quite on the screen yet. Oh. Come on. <laughs> there you go. It's probably my first or second favorite episode. Your first or second favorite episode? Okay. Mm -hmm. And what about the show in general? Is there any Disney Plus show that you like more than Miss Marvel? Yes. Yes. A lot of them or this one middle of the pack for you? A lot of them. Okay, so it wasn't your favorite one. Okay. Um, what about seeing Carol Danvers? Was that pretty cool? Yeah. Yeah. Who do you who do you like more coming up in the Marvels? Carol Danvers, Kamala Khan, or Monica Rambo? Carol Danvers. Sarah, are we gonna accept that answer? Yes. Yes. I would have gone Monica Rambo. I would have too. But she's man, Kamala Khan is giving her a run for for the money for sure. We're gonna talk a lot more about that. Um, but what about what was your favorite part of the finale episode? I liked all the stuff in the school. All the stuff in the you, you like just everybody just tearing a school apart. Yeah. Um, what about the part where she gets super big and crashes the tank? That was that was pretty cool. In big in right? Yeah. All right. Any last minute things? Um, Comic Con is this weekend. What movie are you hoping they announce? The Fantastic Four movie? Yeah. yeah, you're excited for the Fantastic Four movie. All right, thanks, buddy. You're welcome. All right, that is the world according to Jax. <laughs> and we are moving on. So, Neves, thank you so much for joining us. And for those of our audience that aren't familiar with your work, why don't you tell us what you do, how we came across you potentially, and just why you're so knowledgeable on the subject? Yeah, so... um I was never really like super into doing like uh, comic book content and stuff like that. I was doing regular like talked more about sitcoms like Community and some other TV shows. Uh, but when I learned that Miss Marvel was coming out, I thought <laughs> when I found out Miss Marvel was coming out, I was like, let me let me find out what this is all about. So I started reading Miss Marvel comics. I started reading, uh, you know, I've been reading regular comics for, for a while. I hadn't read Miss Marvel comics. Uh, and then I really, really liked them. And when the show came out, um, I knew it was going to get a unfair amount of hate. So I wanted to make sure that like I was there to, you know, uh, speak up for my community a little bit. And I know there were things that people probably would not be able to pick up. And I want to share those things so people can appreciate it more. There's a lot of cultural references. There's some uh, references like in regards to religion, uh, just even New Jersey references in there that are so like subtle and i wanted to share that with everybody because i want everyone to really appreciate the show for what it is uh so i started making tiktoks about that and they really started taking off uh and you know they were a lot of fun to do and before i knew it like you know people people wanted to know more and i was like sure if you want more i'll make more thank you for turning into earth's mightiest weirdos i did not know that neebs was a community fan so this is now just simply a podcast about community for the next hour <laughs> <laughs> Neebs, i will not do that but i do need to know who your favorite community character is and do you tap out when troy barnes leaves oh yeah well i do not i had to see it all the way through i had to see it all the way through because i knew i had to get to six seasons in a movie so i was like i'm not gonna <laughs> give up on it right even when it went to yahoo for, for, for you know, <laughs> 
had to like, where is Yahoo? I don't even know. Yeah, <laughs> I had no to problem. find my old email account from like <laughs> high school. <laughs> I saw it through exactly once, and now through every rewatch, once Troy leaves, I'm I'm out. Yeah, yeah, no, Troy is definitely my my favorite, but there are times where I'm like, yeah, I'm a little too much like Abed for for my benefit. <laughs> <laughs> are you a dungeon master? Yeah. <laughs> All right. It's like pillows versus blankets, man. It's always good. To me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. All right. Well, you talk about um, kind of being a a big part of it. You're from Jersey, correct? Yeah, yeah. I'm from Jersey. So I'm is, like I'm like a block right away, a few blocks away from Jersey City. That's awesome. So, um, Kevin, why don't you go ahead and take that Jersey City? Yeah. Part, um, so you had. So, like I said, we uh, I came across you because of uh, the Phase Zero podcast, which a bunch of us here listen to. And uh, I just – you were on twice, and I like I really enjoyed your segments just hearing you talk and then going – I'm not on TikTok personally, so I found you on Instagram and watched through your stuff. And I was like, oh, this is really great. And But you had mentioned on Phase Zero you got to film uh, something for Disney and ABC yes. in Jersey City, right? Can, yeah. Can you uh, talk about what you got to do and what uh, – because I went – after I heard it, I saw it, and I was like, oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Can you let us know what you did? Yeah, it was it was amazing. Neebs's uh, YouTube channel is in the comments. Thank you to KDB for that. Oh, cool! Thanks. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So basically, it was so random. So apparently, one of my TikToks went viral where I was explaining some of the Jersey references, and there was a company that is owned by Disney called Localish, and they do a bunch of local stories uh, for mm-hmm. Disney and ABC. And what they said was, hey, we need somebody to, you know, come to Jersey City and talk about all the places that are referenced in the TV show and referenced in the comics. Mm-hmm. So we went to the mosque. We went to the high school. We went to the street where she did all her shopping for her brother. Um, and then we went to like restaurants. And like I told him, like, hey, this is why this is significant, why that's significant. And like. I brought my little uh, niece with me, and it was really cool because she she made homemade her she made a homemade uh, bracelet that Kamala Khan made, right? Oh, that's awesome! Uh, and we asked her questions like, "Why do you like it?" And she's like, "I just like looking like her." And she's really it was really <laughs> cute, and it was really special for me to do that with my niece because like she was just like on cloud nine, and I got like cool uncle points, which was really cool. <laughs> but it was so cool, and it was, it was an actual commercial uh, by Disney. It was three minutes long. It aired on national television on ABC at 3 p.m. on Tuesday. Uh, random people hit me up saying they saw it, and it was probably one of the coolest experiences I've ever had in my life. That That is so cool. That is really, really cool. Yeah, um, that's, that's really neat. Yeah, and then, also, and then yeah, speaking of that, I know, like you said, you've been doing these TikToks and everything, and uh, I saw one recently uh, the other day where um, I don't know if anybody on our show or our, our audience knows this, but you had said something about um, that all everybody's, I think, noticed all the different title cards on the episode, like right at the beginning, like they right. flashed through like five or six of them on. And they're all, I always think they're really cool because some of them are in Urdu. Am I correct? Like yes. some of them, have, yeah, and, yep. and then, but they have different designs and uh, styles and stuff. But you put uh, something up about how there's 99 of them and what, why, yes. is that sign- why is that significant? So, so in Islam, there's a lot of things with numerology. So like numbers always mean something. So like seven, eight, six, it means something. Three, one, three means something. But 99 is very significant because 99 is how many names God has. So like Allah is actually not the name of God. That's not his okay. name. So Allah is just a title. It means literal translation of the word God. So uh, Jews and Christians in Arabic speaking countries also use that word. So it's, it doesn't mean like that's not his name. So God does have 99 names. Allah isn't one of them. Uh, and that's why they have 99 title cards. So it's like a sly like reference or subtle reference to that, which is really cool. It's like, hey, this number is special to us. They're not equating God to the title card. They're just saying, hey, here's a number that we picked. That number is special to our community. If you know, you know. If you don't, you don't. Got it. Yeah. And that's see, like, I, I I would venture most of us don't know. And that's why you're here. Because, like, yeah. these are things that, like, we wouldn't know. And, like, but I, I'm also fascinated how they tie this in to the show. And like, you know, like you said, it's, you know, if you know, you know, and if you don't, you know, whatever, but if you find out, I think that's just another cool little Easter egg that they have in there. Yeah. yeah it's really cool. I, I like that. They don't explain stuff to you, but I also want mm-hmm. people to share, but I feel like if they explain it and dumb it down, it's not as fun. It's better sure. to just like find out later and go, Oh, that's what that meant. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. Anything else like that in the show that really stands out to you on the, on the top of your brain that, Hey, oh. this is something that, I mean, I know that's a very broad question, but so much, so much. Um, I, I was actually thinking of putting all my videos together, but there's so much stuff. Like number one, they wear the halal hat and the haram hat. So halal means like permissible and haram means not permissible. So if <laughs> so the fact that Kamran wears it 
and like like hey you're allowed to date him but you're not allowed to date bruno <laughs> so it's kind of like a little reference there also that's even a more niche reference because that hat is by a famous designer in new york who is very very niche and only like new york people and muslim people know about it uh his name is Atif, and he's like a designer and he does like uh images and really cool art um so it's a cool reference there and then um what else do they reference they reference so many things man i really can't uh think of one thing but there's um uh the kites so i don't know if you noticed mm -hmm. but when they were in uh pakistan you saw the text messages show up in kites mm -hmm. kites are a huge part of our culture so much that we actually banned kites because we were we were flying so many kites in pakistan and kite flying in pakistan is actually like a very deadly sport i mean like it sounds weird but what they do is they dip the so they do something called kite fighting so what you do is you take kites and you tangle your rope with their rope and then you cut the kite and then you have kite runners who go up and grab the kite so it's like pink slips for kites like fast and furious using kites wow. yeah but they banned it because people would be slick and they would dip the string in some kind of like chemical glass to be like extra strong and then what happened was the strings would dip down and people on motorcycle would be riding and they would get decapitated so like they actually banned oh. kites in pakistan <laughs> Wow. wow quickly <laughs> yeah yeah it's wild so like there's things that people don't know about there's like it's like a it's like a night like a one second text message scene but like people don't realize how significant and we have like a festival once a year where everybody gets to fly kites and it's a big deal but outside of that you're not allowed to do it it's banned wow yeah that's that's intense yeah yeah we take wow. our kite seriously <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, that's awesome so you you kind of told us some of your background when you heard about miss marvel you that's when you really kind of jumped in. So we got that announcement of the Miss Marvel series in August of 2019, which was at the D23 convention. Is that kind of when you jumped in? How yeah, I was at that convention when they first when announced it. There you yeah. go. Awesome. How familiar were you with the MCU prior to that? Were you at least having seen the movies and kind of up to date or did you jump oh. in right then? No, I've been obsessed with with the uh, uh, superhero stuff since I was a little kid, from X Men to Batman the Animated Series, and like I've been with the MCU since like 2008, since Iron Man. You know, uh, when the Dark Knight came out and all these other movies came out, like I, there isn't a single one I've missed. Like I'm obsessed, right? All right. Uh, miss uh, just the comics. I wasn't super familiar with, and then I started familiarizing myself with the comics. I uh, started going to the library, started going to comic book shops, got the, uh, when they became online on like Marvel Unlimited, that's mm -hmm. when I really was able to go in deep, right? Before then, I knew, I knew like the classics, Kingdom Come, The Dark Knight, like all the classic big ones. But then I started diving into like the more nuanced characters that people haven't heard about. And that's when like, you know, having an unlimited description really helps. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Well, this is a question for all three of you as big, bigger comic readers than i was there a favorite moment in the series that jumped off page to screen that really stood out to you sarah i can see you nodding right right the, the lamppost her her i mean that's an iconic uh cover it was just her on the on the lamppost kevin is that what you were gonna say no i wasn't i was uh i mean we're gonna talk about it later like even though it wasn't Direct that to the ambiguous line, just because oh, yes. that's just so in yeah. ingrained with the character. But I mean, yeah, there was like so many. Like I know, I think in like the the second, uh, yeah, the second episode when they go to the high school party and she asks, like, "Is there is this alcohol?" Yeah, is like, alcohol no, it's, al it's it's Am orange juice, and she, yeah, and like like that's literally like a page to screen. Of, like like some of this, it's like oh, they like they melded or whatever. like this was literally page to screen. Like it, it was crazy, and and I think too if I'm not mistaken, all the episode titles were the same or like the arc titles of her comics. I think, well, I know at least no normal is the last yeah, one. They all were. Uh, yeah. All of them were. Yeah. Sure. So, so that's, so that's, that was really cool of how they really tied it into the comics. Neebs, how about you? Anything page? For, oh man. For me, it was the first scene in the, in the movie where he, uh, she comes down and her brother's praying. That's the first time I've ever heard a prayer said accurately with the right accent with the right notations and in the right context and i was like wow i think they're going to do this it just set the tone for the whole thing i was like oh wow some i had so much fear of this show about if they were going to do representation right but when that first scene was translated page for page like there was like a something was just lifted i was just like oh man i think i think we have something special here yeah that's so let, let's let's before we dive into the episode let's talk about where we got to from the first five episodes leading us up to the finale and the expectations that were had for the finale. I, I am a little bit, I don't know if critical is the right word, 
but they weren't really protective of the costume. I wish they had been protective of the costume a little bit more. I would have loved to have seen that reveal. Even with WandaVision, they kind of, at least in the televisions, they gave us like the right arm, but it wasn't the full reveal quite, quite like this one. So I wish they had held on to that, but it is what it is. But the way she comes across her costume is cool. But where we where we got set up with the first five episodes, Neebs, what were your what were your expectations from it? Or through the first five episodes, was the sixth episode just gravy and you had already decided it was your favorite series of of on Disney Plus? So so the first two episodes I loved. They were uh, so much fun. They were exciting and it was really setting the tone. And then when they got into episode three which I like a little more now go- looking back. But when I watched it, I did not like episode three at all. Uh, I didn't like all the gin stuff. I didn't like how they were explaining her uh, uh, background and where she's from. I didn't like how the car- uh, villains were rushed a little bit. It was, it was really not hitting for me. And I was like, oh, man, they started off so strong. Uh, it's downhill from here. Uh, I, di- I did not love that episode, though I am a huge Bon Jovi fan. So that was a huge plus for me because I was <laughs> I was loving the living on a prayer stuff. Um but um, as I reflected back, there were some really beautiful parts uh, in that episode, including the wedding, mm-hmm. uh, having them say like Allahu Akbar in a positive way, showing gratitude, which is how it's meant to be said, not like the way you see it in like other media with always oh, like a war cry or something horrible. Yeah. Uh, so like that episode was really special to me. But when I first watched it, like I couldn't get past the whole villains and the clandestines and it just wasn't working for me uh then episode four it started to pick back up and i feel like episode four and five are just so special to me but like i'm biased man because that is a big part of our history uh i don't know if other people can connect with it the way we did uh it was very very almost traumatic and healing at the same time to see that right uh when you see Aisha see her family member. She knows it's not Sana, but she knows it's family. Uh, but you see her die knowing that like whatever she did worked. If they made it, her family is safe. That's real life stuff, man. People, people lost people. Like people lost family members and they have no idea what happened to them. And their family members have no idea if their family actually made it to Pakistan, if they made it to India. Uh, that those two episodes are very, very different. Uh in our perspective and they're very very special to me i i really really do love those episodes i almost feel like i wish we took the whole partition stuff and made that one episode stand alone and didn't try to just shoehorn the ending of the world and the veil into it Mm -hmm. Uh, i thought that was really bad uh but if the partition stuff was just itself in an episode it would have been really really great and then six six is like i feel like puts it back together and i'm like they stuck the landing with six yeah, that's where I was. I was critical of the fifth episode. I think from when we went back to modern day, it felt yeah. far too rushed for me. When a lot of Disney Plus series have felt very rushed in the finale episode, this one did it the week before. Because I don't mm-hmm. think there was anything in the finale that felt super rushed for me. Mm-hmm. Um, there's mm-hmm. one particular part of the finale that didn't work for me. But other than that, I'm with you. I think they absolutely stuck the landing. But Neebs, one more question before we get into the finale episode. I will be 100% uh honest i believe the first time i ever heard the term partition was a part of this show Mm. the fact that that is now being educated to more and more people through this show you talked a little bit about what that means to you so i mean it is it is a mistake that i've never really known about it before and a lot of people including myself have done a lot more educating on not through a Marvel lens, but just through a world lens of what partition was and and what that means. Like you said, traumatic and healing at the same time. It's it's weird to put those in the same sentence. But what does that mean to you having been able to see it in a fairly um, historically accurate way with a superhero thrown in the middle of it? Honestly, it, it's something I never thought I would see. I, I, I've This is something like we've known about for, for a while, but like uh Sagar says in or Amir says in the show every family had the partition story none of them are good and that's so true so even though we know about our history uh our families don't talk about it that much if they don't have to um it's very traumatic it's very painful and people don't know the way trauma works this trauma is uh temporal like you can't disassociate the time it happened to now it kind of feels like it's still happening to you that's how trauma Mm -hmm. works uh so for a lot of our parents they were raised by people who literally went through that trauma and never were never not there 
Uh, so where you see like the relationship between Sana, who was basically a little bit like not there for um, Maniba. And then you see Maniba who overcompensates and is there for even more for Kamala and like a helicopter parent. That's a direct uh relation to the partition this happens to real life this is how our parents treat us uh and when we saw that on a tv show like almost had a breakthrough i'm like this is why this is happening this is why we were raised this way where people are so forceful uh our parents are so forceful of our culture and making sure that we stick with it and we keep as much as we can of it is because they lost theirs when they came from india mm -hmm. to pakistan even though it's their neighboring countries it's, it's a different region it's a different dialect they lost their culture and that's why they're so scared of us losing it coming here but they also want us to be safe and have an education and be in this country so it's it's so many layers to the story when what and going off that wasn't there the line uh, that Sona said that her history is in India, her passport is Pakistani, but right, and then she has family in like the U.S. or whatever. Like that's more or less like what you're saying there of how like yeah, like that culture is that was there. He was worried about his internet, and it looks like it came back and and got him. So we'll get Kevin back in here in just a minute. But that's that's some really powerful stuff, Neems. I appreciate you sharing that. So let's get into talking about the episode. Sarah, I'm going to start with you. How often do you use your own phone on speakerphone? I, <laughs> um, not often. I, I'm, I tend to be a, a more private person and just my, the nature of my job, um, security and stuff. We, I, I have to not be on speakerphone. I'm, I'm just, maybe I'm weird. I don't know. Her her dad talking about how convenient speakerphone is. Like, <laughs> yeah. That was so that was so funny. Kevin, are you a speakerphone guy? No. Oh, no, man. I'm hardly a phone person. Anyways, I'm just like. I feel like speakerphone in New York in just in New York in general just probably doesn't work that well. Neebs, you a speakerphone yeah. guy? No, so we're like the opposite of our parents, right? We have to be extra private and extra sneaky. We can't have them knowing what we're doing, what we're up to. <laughs> they we're don't even know AirPod. I have a podcast. We're like all AirPod people. Yeah, but but my parents definitely always oh, speakerphone. Oh, everyone's everyone's dirty laundry is out in the open for everyone walking by to hear. Like it's wild. It was man, it was laugh out loud funny. And Marvel did it again. They release a see a scene from the show, but like her brother, like what? You're you're the night girl? Like no way. That's so funny. And then like you tell mom, mom tells dad, and everybody else hears it because of the speakerphone. I thought that was laugh out loud funny. Uh, but yeah. Eves, I'm gonna go back to you on this. I thought it was a really cool touch because I thought throughout the series we were getting the costume piece together. I thought the scarf was going to come from the red daggers. We were given the vest. They talked about all this kind of stuff and then not at all. Her mom. I don't, I don't know. Maybe, you know, she knows Shuri. I don't, I don't know how she gets such a cool costume. That's so functional, but the costume com comes from her mom. And I think that that's really, really neat. How about you, Neve? It It's so amazing that it comes from her mom. Cause it's like, there's more emotions with it but one thing that people don't realize if you look at the costume really really closely there are certain patterns on that costume mm -hmm. those patterns so in pakistan every single region punjab sin peshawar uh, quetta they have a a a pattern or embroidery that they're known for and if you look at Kamal Kethi, she has the one for Sindh. Sindh is located in Karachi so if you look at her the, the details on it they're actually uh like uh, Karachi details and patterns and when Nakia goes up to her and goes oh nice stitching made in Pakistan it's like a nod to Pakistan which is actually the embroidery capital of the world people don't realize that yeah, yeah. so it was really cool reference and I love that her costumes made in Pakistan like come on man we got a superhero and our costumes made in our hometown like that's awesome I love that that's super cool. Is that anything from the comics that you're aware of? Or did they no, pay that's, attention? So, okay. That's not from like in the comics. Her uh, costume is actually a burkini. So a burkini is like if you might have heard about it, uh, it's like a swimsuit for Muslim women. It's like more uh, modest, and, and it comes with a hijab. It's almost like a swimsuit, like a um, what do you call those uh, surfing suits? I don't know wetsuit. Wetsuit. It's like, a, it's like a wetsuit, but it has like a skirt for modesty, right? And that's pretty much all it is. And so in the comics, it's actually based on a burkini. Interesting. And then, Sarah, what, what, go ahead, Kevin. Sorry. No, I was just going to say, and also on the costume, uh, this was one of the things I think that kind of how I realized about you was you had mentioned early on about her necklace with the, the K yes. and the symbol. Can you explain what that was and how that differed from, well, it's a slight, it's, it looks like a lightning bolt, but it's not quite the lightning bolt from the comics, right? 
Yeah, that was pure dumb luck. So I was editing a video for my TikTok and like I was zooming back and forth uh, when she was telling um, Zoe about her necklace. Uh, but when I saw her fidget with it, it almost made the symbol. And I was like, wait a second. And then I made this TikTok saying, hey, I don't think she's going to get her name from Carol Danvers because Carol Danvers was never Miss Marvel. So right. where is she going to get this random like a symbol from? And then I realized that it's her name in Arabic. So in Arabic, you read from right to left. So it's the K sound or the Goff letter in Arabic. So like Superman has a big S on the chest. She has a big K on her chest, which is awesome. And now what's so wonderful about that is that when... Uh, little girls wear that costume or they wear that necklace. Um, they're wearing something from their culture, from their identity, from like their region. And like my last name is Khan. So it's with a K too. So I bought this sweatshirt and I was like, yo, this is now my symbol. Like, I love nice. this. Yeah, that's, uh, man, that's, that's fortunate for you. That's, that's, that's amazing. Awesome. Sarah, how, how about the costume for you? Did it, uh, I mean, it, we had seen it many, many times already, but it still had a powerful reveal moment. Yes. Yeah. Yep. I, I, I loved it. I loved that it came from her mom, you know, her, her mom, like Shauna mentioned in the comics start, you know, episode one, she started off by saying, we don't trust her. I don't trust you. Mm. Um, and then by the end she was giving her her costume and telling her to be careful. And, you know, yeah, I, you're, it was just you're not going out dressed like that. And yeah. she's like, yeah. mom, we just talked about this. And oh man, I thought it was, and the fact that she made the Hulk costume and she didn't appreciate it, and then she made this costume, like the way that came together, so good. I never thought about her lack of appreciation for the Hulk costume to there. That's that's man, that's cool. I love that. I love that. Kevin, we're gonna start this one with you. Does anybody have any theories on this damage control agent and why she sucks so much? <laughs> um, I mean. I know, uh, I think our uh, friend of the show, David, I think he's, or you, you maybe Brian had put out, she's probably a scroll. I mean, I could maybe see it. I don't know. I just think she was just, a, I mean, the the one from No Way Home, um, he, like, he wasn't great either, but he at least was I don't know his name. He's just the guy from Succession. For yeah, me. I think it's Agent Cleary, I believe, is his character yeah. name. Um, he, he was at least better than uh, Agent uh, Deaver um, from uh, Orange is the New Black. Um, so... Uh, she's from Thank yeah you. that's yeah. yeah yeah she's, she's from orange New black yeah yeah um so uh figueroa or whatever her name was in the uh, there but uh yeah i don't know i just she could be a scroll she could have just been the more worst agent to be an antagonist for this series i don't know <laughs> so the way he talks to her specifically about using our name our this our that it almost feels like he was doing something he probably shouldn't be doing that he had turned this over for whatever reason to somebody that he knew was a scroll. He knows that Nick Fury has been off planet for a year. So we at least know that he knows of sword or whatever Nick Fury is up to working with the scrolls. I very much believe because of, of the Cree origins of whatever's going on here, that the scrolls and the Cree we know do not get along that the scrolls are trying to track down whatever this is. She has to be a scroll. Like, I don't think there's any way she's not a scroll. Does anybody disagree with me? I have a question. Is yeah. it the same scroll that played Hayward? You think Hayward was a scroll? I don't know. He was just awful also. Yeah, he was terrible. He was terrible. <laughs> but not all like, scrolls, not all scrolls are terrible people. So I'm trying to stop from, because Talos is a wonderful human being, even though he's not a human mm -hmm. being. But um I I'm 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 afraid to fall into that trap. But I feel like Secret Invasion is almost going to put us back into that trap where with Captain yep. Marvel, they had told us, hey, not all scrolls are bad people because that's what we were expecting. Now there's Secret Invasion, which we may get to Secret Wars. Like there's all kinds of stuff going on there. But I'm, I'm afraid to fall into that trap. All we know that Hayward was a terrorist. Neebs, yeah. do, you, do you fall on the scroll train with this DODC? I, I don't know if I do. I like it, it sounds very possible, but I, there's like a pattern with all of these uh, shows that every single bad guy is like a bureaucracy, right? We got like the the time TVA. We got like um, uh, in Spider Man, we got the DODC. Here we got the DODC, um, and then like it, it's like it feels like they're kind of building up the way uh, Shield was built up and then infiltrated in. Um, the winter soldier right you know, i feel like all of these agencies are having all of these people in them that are are bad so now i'm thinking like maybe it is scroll maybe it's the you know same thing as hydra agents being infiltrated in all these bureaucracies but they're scrolls i could pop i could see that happening 
I'm I don't want it to be another retelling of of Hydra taking over Shield. Like I I want it to at least be different than that, right? Because um, I I want to believe the Department of Damage Control, founded by Tony Stark, like that they're not all bad people. Not that Shield mm-hmm. was all bad people either, but I want to see not the same story retold. I guess that's kind of right. it was cool to see the fallout of Spider-Man no way home and seeing the drones in use from Edith and, and all that kind of stuff. So like we're, we're, we're building that universe back as much as people seem to think all of a sudden in phase four, we just gave up on interconnected storytelling, which is a whole nother topic for a whole nother time that we are going to talk about the state of the MCU next week after comic-con this weekend. But um, anyway, I'm, I'm with David. I am planting my flag in she is a scroll and that's that's where we're headed. But I feel like the Cree scroll thing, maybe that's just what's clouding my my judgment there. Uh, Sarah, we're gonna start back with you. The school chase, just I'm gonna turn all that entire scene over to you. What stood out here and how cool was it to see the community come out and respond to Zoe? Zoe kind of got shoehorned in there, and I'm completely cool with it. Like I like Zoe. I thought she was funny. Yeah, yeah. No, I like Zoe. I like that she kind of was um she knew she all card- along. Yeah, she had a card up her sleeve that whole time. Um and she was she was waiting for Kamala to to tell everyone when she was ready. I loved that. Um just because I identify with that a lot. So um I, I liked it. I, I was a little bit I mean, I know they gave that um uh the trigger warning at the beginning of the episode. Um, seeing that officer just deck Bruno really shook me a little bit. I, I, I don't know if it was supposed to be funny, but I did not think it was funny. Um, but I loved how the community rallied around her. I thought that was really beautifully done. It was interesting that when the damage control came in, like Sheik Abdullah didn't ask for her warrant. Like I wish he would have go calling back to like the third episode of, did you come with a warrant this time? Because yeah. he clearly isn't afraid. Like when he sh- turns up as a hot dog on TikTok at the end, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is, this is where I am critical of the episode to an extent. I do think the school is a lot of fun. It very much added to the teenage element of the entire show that was so endearing in the first two episodes. Yeah. I didn't hate any of it except for I feel like they didn't know what they wanted to do with Kamran throughout the entire episode. It feels like they just, they weren't sure he was a villain. They weren't sure he was, but they wanted to get him back to Karachi with the red daggers, which is a whole nother villain and not villain thing that we will probably hash out in season two would be my guess. But I, it, it needs, do you agree that Kamran felt like kind of the, the weakest link of this, of this finale? I don't I don't think so, because I think Kamran was used in a way to to do a lot of metaphors that might not have hit for a lot of people. Uh, For example, like when the Sheikh says like, oh, uh, just because someone makes you their enemy doesn't mean you have to make them yours. Uh, The whole thing about Kamran is almost like a metaphor about young Muslim men being radicalized. And they want to show that that's not what's happening here. Right. Uh, Kamran is just a confused kid who has a lot of pain because his parents just died. He can be manipulated, but he needs some like, you know, guidance. And it's really interesting to show that. And for them to, you know, make him a villain would be a little critical. It's like, is, is that how we want to show Muslim uh, young boys? Because if you, even in wars that we're having currently at the moment, people don't know this, but uh, Muslim boys under the age of like 14 do not count as civilians like in, in statistics doesn't matter if they were bad or good they don't count as civilian they count they count as militants and that's how like it, it's simple it's the same way with uh kind of like the black community where like a kid who is you know maybe 14 to 15 if he's a minority or if he's black people don't consider him or see him as a child they see him as a grown person and they're showing that like for a you know a muslim character it's the same way and when they're in that little bubble and she's saying like they will never accept us it's, it's kind of like how Muslims feel like we don't sometimes we feel like this, this country because of the media and what we see all the time, they will never accept us. Right. And we never feel normal here. And then when Kamala goes, there is no normal like that speaks to us because like, you know, we shouldn't be reaching normal. There is no normal. We just have to exist and we have the right to exist here. Um, so I feel like there's some layers that maybe we picked up on that other people might not have. Uh, and that's why I think Kamran was a vehicle used to get that across. Right. Uh, he was someone who was confused. He was someone who wasn't radicalized, but he could have been uh, if people were hurting him and not listening to him. Uh, 
it's just a metaphor for how what we go through. So I really did like that. Uh, but I, I feel like, you know, six episode, it was rushed. It wasn't put together the way it could have been. Uh, so I, I agree with you at some points, but I also connected with it. Interesting. This is why it's very, I'm very happy to have you that, uh, that opened up a whole new light bulb, the new lane that I've, I'd never considered. Kevin, how about you? Um, well, I was just going to add to just sit on the matter. I had read an interview after the episode release from uh, Bisha K. Ali, the head writer that said that the clandestine red daggers and some of the Kamran stuff was a casualty of COVID and mm. other time constraints. So there was definitely apparently a lot more there. To, so I think that would have helped at the end of episode five and maybe in this episode a little bit. So that it sounds like there was more story there that just they couldn't, for whatever reason, be it travel or whatever it was they just couldn't really get in the show and uh she also said uh like you were saying needs that she didn't want to portray Kamran as a villain like she didn't want to portray somebody from that community which is always it feels like always in media is portrayed as a villain like she was like i'm not going to put a male muslim character as a villain you know she said like at least as when i was right like somebody later down the line could maybe take him and do something else but she was like as long as i was writing this series and doing anything like he was never going to be a villain. So um, to that end, and yeah. The I, basis I, from the comics was there. She could have done it and yeah, said, like, yeah. this is what it was in the comics. Correct. Right. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so, I mean, I, I guess, yeah, to Brian, to your point. Yeah. And needs, as you said, too, there was, it, it definitely did feel rushed a little bit, like with the storyline, you know, but I, I, I enjoyed what it was and just seeing her, I, I, it just, to me, it felt like he had all these people coming at him from every angle he just got these powers he doesn't know what's happening his mom died he has these people chasing him he, he like it, it's just like it just felt like he was just being overwhelmed which then thus made the powers happen and then thus he got angry because of that and people were hurting him you know and it was just all a lot and then yeah so he just like when they were in the bubble with kamala like it was just a moment for him to just like breathe and her to like just be yeah. like hey you're gonna be okay get get out of here like you can figure this out you know so and he I just want escaped to... through the sewers with uh yeah with Master Splinter. <laughs> I do want to say one thing. I feel like the the difference between Kamran and Kamala is, is a big difference of how important community and family and have a support system goes because Kamran didn't have all that, and this is all the stuff that he that he was going through, right? But Kamala does have that, and you can see when she is fighting the bad guys, she's protecting them too. She makes sure they're mm -hmm. okay. She's protecting them from Kamran. She fights Kamran. So, like when the sake, uh, the the Sheikh says that, like you know, just because someone makes you their enemy doesn't mean you have to make them. She never heard that. She never saw him say that, but she applies that to her life, right? So it's really cool because like this is the difference between Kamran and Kamala. Somebody who has all this support and community and love, this is how they grow up. When someone doesn't have that and they all they have is pain and all they have is abuse, this is how they grow up. <laughs> you talk about Kamala being different. I laughed out loud and it's one of my favorite scenes of the entire series after she destroys that truck and she ends up in front and she goes, Hey guys, you guys. Okay. They're like, yes. Miss <laughs> <laughs> so, so funny. That uh, actress is so good, man. They got the perfect casting. She's incredible. When she stands with her hands on her hips and winks at herself, like in the mirror yeah. at the end, she is Kamala Khan and she is absolutely incredible. And I cannot wait. To watch her grow up we did we kind of i i took us to Kamran, but i'd love to get back to the fun that was the school scene kevin was there any particular part of that school scene that you just laughed or, or thought was was clever i just it was all a lot of fun like you said it fit the teenage vibe i thought it was really great with the um with the softballs they were all like they were like we're hitting you and then they like show up behind them and they're like nope we're like it's like we're done for now and whatever you know but uh yeah i i it was a lot of fun when Amir sneaks through the window, goes, yeah, I went to school yes. here too. It's not that cool, guys. <laughs> yeah. I, I love when she goes, I don't need a chaperone. I'm a yeah. superhero. <laughs> oh, man. Mom's still never, ever going <laughs> to quite give up. I do love how they, like, Zoe sends out the message and they make it very clear that the dad gets the video because it was sent to him by somebody else because he clearly wouldn't come across the message on his own. I thought yeah. that was yeah. I thought that was funny. But we've referenced it many times. Sarah, I'm going to start with you on this. And Biggin is now officially MCU canon, even though the way they shot it, they I, I don't I don't know if they didn't want to spend the money on it. Like we didn't yeah. actually ever get like a real gauge as to how big she was, except for when she caught the truck, which wasn't exactly in Biggin mm -hmm. at the same time. But anyway, Sarah, and Biggin is now MCU canon. I mean, and maybe that's something that comes up later. Maybe that's a chance for some Scott Lang mentorship. Um I, I, I'm not sure if she knows how 
big she can get. So um, that's going to be really exciting to to watch her powers grow with her. Um, now I'm just picturing her having a conversation with uh, Lawrence Fishburne's character of 65 feet. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yes exactly. Um, that could be, that could be some comedy gold, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I geeked out. I loved it. Neebs, how about you? I, I love that scene, but I, I think they're saving it. I think they're saving it for the Marvels. And I think the fact that there's so many Ant-Man references in there is actually a clue because he has a podcast. Mm -hmm. Then when they went to AvengerCon, you see his giant head. And then when you went to Karachi, you see a picture of him getting big. So I feel like the clues are there. I think they're saving it for the Marvels. And we're going to see her going big in and go big. Now we're getting Quantumania before the Marvels, which yes. is interesting. That wasn't originally going to be the case. Now we're getting Quantumania first. If we're gonna have Paul Rudd just pop up and other stuff, I'm I'm there for that too. But that would yeah. be interesting. Kevin, how about you? Um, yeah, like I said at the beginning, this was one of my favorite parts um, from the comics. But uh, afterwards, I was slightly conflicted on it, only because thinking back on it, it came kind of out of nowhere, where it was like, oh, hey, look, it, we're doing the comics thing. Like I I said to another friend of mine, like I I wished maybe in like episode one or two when she's with Bruno and they're like doing some science things. Like they just like throw it out there because going into the series, we were like, okay, she's having different powers. Like she's probably not going to like, at least in big in, in the same way we think of it in the comics, but like to have a nod there. So it just like, it was like, a, it just felt like she like, to me it was like where did she pull this term from you know she like made up a I, word yeah yeah like like i feel like if they in just in the first episode or something when they're doing the science experiments or something or like bruno's just like you know like in this like i'm seeing about like dr selvig saying like there's this theory of a beginning or you know so just just to like hint at it a little bit you know so it, it just didn't feel like it was just just like a, oh hey look we're doing the comics thing you know so that detracted it from me a little bit but i mean it was still awesome to get it because i mean it's her thing in the comics so yeah. i hope that came across as like what i was hoping for uh, to like set it up a little bit i was too geeking out to to do what you did what it sounds like you were able to do in the moment i wasn't able to do I it was afterwards moment, yeah, I, it was yeah afterwards, but I, but. I was like that's kind of a random word just to kind of pull out of yeah. nowhere but oh, no in the more in the moment i was like oh yeah, yeah she did yeah. it like she said it like she's doing it but thinking yeah. back i feel like if they did that then i would have saw it coming the whole time because i was not sure if they were ever going to use that word i was like they yeah. might not even do it uh and then when i saw it i got super excited but like i, I agree with you because like they mm -hmm. never said it just feel like it came out of nowhere but i think in the comics it comes out of nowhere too i think she just says it one it's time just come on. i think she does yeah. yeah yeah that's awesome i i man when she catches the when she catches the truck, she's like, I got it. Like, she's still always the same. She gives the peace sign. Like, yeah, that was great. She's it's funny because you see her, uh, her, her dad actually doing a dua, which is a prayer. And uh, you and like, I was like, oh, that's that checks. That's something you would do. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, anybody have any qualms with Kamran escaping through the sewers? I, I thought that was a little, <laughs> bit, a little bit silly, but it is what it is. It accomplishes what we needed to accomplish. I, Maya said he pulled a Nick Fury. <laughs> from, oh, yeah, yeah, from, yeah. From that <laughs> that's awesome well let's get into what is my i've said multiple times my favorite part of the episode but i i will die saying probably my favorite part of the series um and neebs will start with you is the is the conversation she has with her her dad on the roof and and he says and he tells the whole story about how they wanted a second kid forever and then he says the word marvel and she says you mean to tell me I share a name with Carol freaking Danvers and his exact response to me is like, I have no idea who that is, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> but then he says our own little miss Marvel. And then she, you see the light bulb, the way she acts that scene, unbelievable. She's incredible. And I would just like to turn the time over to you for that conversation with her and her dad. Yeah. I, it's very rare that you see a show do some things better than the source material. And the fact that they changed her symbol, they changed her name, they changed how she got her costume. All three of these things, in my opinion, are way better uh, on the show than they are in the comics. And it's really, really cool. And now they're tied to her heritage, which is really cool. And he tells her that it, it came from Urdu, uh, which has origins in Arabic. And it's actually true. It's not, none of it is made up. Kamal does mean Marvel. And, um, it's something that I feel like even Urdu speakers didn't put two and two together because like Marvel uh, is just another word for wonder. And people were like, oh, it just means wonder. And like uh, put to put two and two together was was really cool. And I was like super excited to see that that's how she got her name. 
So I thought it was just going to be like her mom, like saying, calling her uh, Captain Marvel, but just saying it, like mistaking it, like mixing it up. But yeah. the fact that her dad, because they gave her like mom, the costume, her mm -hmm. dad, the name, like everyone got a little piece. And like, I love that. I love like when they bring the family mm -hmm. and she's the only one who has parents. So like, I, I, I like that. That's so important to her. Um, I don't know. It, it's, it's really nice to see that. And it's a family show. And I feel like people who are dads, really connect with Yusuf Khan, who I think is the best dad in the MCU. I don't care what anyone says. I'll fight you. Like, he put on a, a costume and, like, was going to go to Comic-Con for her. He freaking, um, what did he do? He he voted against his best friend, so Nakia, his daughter's sister, would become the board member at, at a mosque. Like, he's such a good dad. Uh, and then her mom, like, you know, she had trauma, but look at how much she's grown. I love her, her parents, and I love that they brought her parent uh, stuff into her name, into her costume, into her symbol. It's really really cool i like how they did the voiceover of her dad's speech and we checked in with bruno we checked in with nakia who yeah. she is really having a hard time trying to keep up which is really funny she's just booking it through the mosque just saying this needs to be fixed this needs to be fixed i think nakia was a was a really was a really fun character sarah how about you in this com conversation with her with her dad oh my gosh it just it made me melt i love her dad anyway um but seeing her parents kind of come around and become so supportive and I just I, I thought she was going to get her name from Carol saying something like Little Miss, like, hey, Little Miss. But the way the way that that happened, it could not have been more perfect. Um, and it like Neeb said, it's all tied into who she is, how who she already was. Um, and it, it I, I just it's so perfectly done. And I do. I will add that the the female relationships in particular in this show are some of the best that Marvel has ever written. And I want to see more. I think yeah. it's so fantastic. The I grandma and the mom are just beautiful. I'm obsessed with Aisha. Like, like, poof. oh my God. <laughs> yes. Also. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. I, uh, I think what Nia Costa is going to do with the Marvels too, I think is going to rival uh, that from a, a female relationship standpoint too. I'm very, very excited to see what we're going to get. From the Marvels, uh, Neebs, you were talking about it with the name. It also paid off something they set up earlier in the year or earlier in the series, episode four, when they go to Karachi and they're like, people aren't like Kamala is not a name here. Like you just assume yeah. they, they called it out that, hey, this isn't a normal name. It by is our standards, which yeah. which made it that much better to really pay it off. So I Kevin, thought, how about, I thought how about it, Oh, I was just going to. Yeah, I mean, I echo what everybody says, but yeah, what Brian, I uh, forgot about that. I thought that would have been maybe where they had the speech about her name because uh, but as soon as uh, they got out on the porch, I was like, oh, they're doing it because I mean, in the comics, that's such a great moment as well between her dad and like where mm -hmm. he essentially says the same thing. But I don't think he, he de definitely doesn't go as far as the Urdu part, if, if I'm correct. Like they don't do that yeah, in the comics. They don't do that. You know, but uh, but uh, did they? Did he link it to something else? To was it in Arabic? If I, I yeah, he, in me, Arabic it means it, it means perfect in Arabic. And when right. she was born, they thought she was perfect. Right. Yeah. So that's what they said in the comics as well, and that's kind of as far as they took it. Um, and so then when they kept going, I was like, oh, like wow, this is like, and what everybody said, like the fact that the dad gave her name, the mom gave the costume, her family, her heritage, her her history is a part of is being brought out into who she is as a hero. And like, it, it was just all around fantastic. It was so great. And I want to say one more, one more thing uh, about that. So like the whole theme of the story from episode one is that she is obsessed with other people's stories. Right. And that's because she doesn't think she's worthy mm -hmm. of her own story. Mm -hmm. And the fact that everything that she did at the end is her own makes her growth so much more incredible. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. And mm -hmm. adding, adding to that, which we'll get to with, um, Again, in some of the stuff I was reading that they were saying, oh, what if we bring Carol in sooner? But they were like, no, that like that's like as soon as you bring her in, in it's not Kamala's story anymore. Mm -hmm. you, you needed it to be her story. And the fact that we got six episodes of Kamala, her story, her journey, her learning about her history, embracing it and everything, you know, was amazing. David says in the comments, Danny Tanner, Carl Winslow and Yusuf Khan, best TV dads. I would like to throw out their bandit healer. From the TV oh, show, Bluey. <laughs> um, we got the drop, and it was not a mistake. They used the word mutation, and then we get... And Neves, you talked about this earlier. Batman the Animated Series. Better theme song, X-Men the Animated Series, or Batman the Animated Series? Ooh, ooh, I, I love I both. It. but I love both, too, but... 
I say X Men. I, I think X Men. Gotta go X Men. See, I'm, yeah. I'm, I think Batman is more recognizable, though. It is. It is. Well, but it won't be for much. X Men is good. Yes. Yes. It won't be for much longer. We've now gotten the X Men drop, not only in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, but it was very clear. I heard it immediately in this series. Neebs, how do you feel about changing Kamala from an inhuman to a mutant? So, like, once you know a lot of the history, I feel like a lot of people know, like, with Perlmutter and all that stuff and how everything came to be. Like, I don't think it's a big deal that they, uh, she's not an inhuman anymore. I think a few people are scared that if she's a mutant and she's part of the X-Men, they're going to sideline her and focus on the main X-Men. But just because you're a mutant doesn't mean you have to be an X-Men, right? Like, there's so many other characters that, like, have their own stories. They're not just going to shoehorn Kamala Khan in with, like, like, you know, Wolverine. Well, Wolverine maybe. (laughs) But, like, other X-Men, right? And I think it's really cool. And, like, honestly, part of me is a little petty and it's, like, happy that this happened in Miss Marvel and all the other fanboys that were, like, not watching this show that all they care about is Miss <laughs> Marvel. They got to miss this amazing moment. They got to miss this, like, whoa, what just happened here? They, it got spoiled for them. And I'm a petty person and <laughs> that made me happy. <laughs> completely with you. I think that now that we have mutants, we have the word drop in the MCU Whatever you want to say about the 838 universe, Charles Xavier, I don't care. This is our first, well, if you ask Mondalani, 616, maybe not. But <laughs> the entire, we have our first MCU mutant, and it is Kamala Khan, and she's going to be etched in history forever for many reasons. And the the biggest one from a universe standpoint is that. Like, yep. representation, obviously far more important in a real-world aspect, but when it comes to that, Mutant is a big deal and where we're headed to the future of the MCU and she gets to be first. And I think that that is incredible. Sarah, how about you? Yeah, I'm on board. I, and I'm Kevin is probably going to say this, but Sana actually said recently that she was originally going to be a mutant. And then because of all the um, inhuman stuff happening with, uh, was it Jeff lab kind of helming the inhumans on ABC? Yeah, but 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 it was more promoter, just yeah. like okay. being like, so. I don't want to market the X Men for a franchise we don't have the rights for on film. Yeah, so so knowing that she's kind of going back to the original intent of the creators, I'm and that they're still in charge of where the character is going, I'm cool with it. Yeah, I I mean, then you can kind of keep in your back pocket if you really really wanted to Terrigen, Terrigen bomb, like all that kind of stuff. If you really wanted to do something else. If rumors are to be believed, like Chloe Bennett is going to come back as Daisy Johnson Quake, Inhuman, Mutant, what are they going to do? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, But it feels like Secret Invasion could deal a lot more with scrolls mm-hmm. and mutants. And But there's, there, it's not a mistake. Like she says, whatever it is, it's going to be just another label. Mm-hmm. Like, And I think yeah. that was brilliant because that's yeah. even in the X-Men, original X-Men trilogy. That's what it was. It was a label for people and, and we don't know what's going to happen. But how many more mutants do we encounter in the near future? I'm going to say quite a, quite a few. Well, the cat's yeah. out of the bag. So um, we're already reusing the theme. Um, Friday, this Friday at Comic-Con is the Marvel Studios animation. Um, so we're going to get more on What If Season 2, which, okay, cool. Um, but we're going to get more on X-Men 97. Um, so we're going to maybe get some clues there. I don't think they're going to use X-Men 97 to introduce the X-Men to the MCU, even though some people believe that I can't imagine they're going to put that into that category, but X-Men 97, I'm, I'm very excited for. Well, I, yeah, and I'm circling back because you brought that up, Ryland. I mean, I think I mentioned this on our multiverse of madness spoiler discussion. Um, if again, this time in the credits, it's explicitly says it's the X-Men 97 theme not the X-Men animated series from like years right. ago. So again, I'm like circling back that like this 97 X-Men 97 series is somehow when they announced it, it was kind of like, Oh, it's just a continuation. Like, and they were very cagey about what it meant for the MCU. I think whatever is happening here is something I, I wouldn't say like earth shattering, but I think something important is happening with this animated series for the MCU be it with the mutants or just something in general, like some something's happening. Like the fact that Marvel Studios is explicitly doing the series, you know, like it's not like the animation that has been doing like the stuff on Disney Channel and Disney Junior or whatever. Like it's at Marvel Studios, so that's I'm just like I mean, 
Spidey like, and his amazing friends is MCU canon as far as <laughs> if you ask my niece, yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, I'm circ- I'm circling this again because I I, I, pick, I as soon as I knew it was in the the show and like I waited to the end to see and I saw it again. It said the X Men '97 theme. Like I'm like so- something's happening here that they're like, yeah. I mean, and obviously the, the theme is gonna probably it's gonna be one to one to what the original was, you know. So maybe it's nothing, but the fact that they're like explicitly using that terminology before this show has even come out is like that's a little telling to me of something. It also simply could be a royalties thing where somebody still owns money from for the Rex, the original X Men seems. So if they technically use their own version, then they don't have to pay royalties. Like there's many things Possibly. that it, well, that as, could as be. far as as far as I know, the the way it's credited are the um uh Saban and uh, another person who were the music license or supervisors for that series, and the composer was Ron Wasserman, who has been approached for the '97 series, but nothing's official there yet. But he isn't credited in this, so like, yeah, I don't know what the official credits are or whatever, but yeah, it's, it's a little suspect to me. I got my tinfoil hat on on that one. (laughs) Interesting. Well, I I do think it's going to have something to do with the MCU, but if you tell me that it's, it's going to be the MCU's version of the clone wars for star Wars, you're not going to ever convince me of that. Like, and you still could say star Wars can exist without the existence of the clone wars. For my opinion, it is not near as good as what the clone wars is but you can still tell the story of the film without it. I don't think it's going to be that tied in personally, but I'd love to be wrong. I'd love yep. to see somehow this is the introduction of, of mutants to the MCU. Um, Neebs, we will wrap up with the episode and then one more topic afterwards. Carol and Kamala swap places. It is officially confirmed. Uh, Bisha K. Ali, who was the showrunner, um, is that who did the interview, I believe, right, uh, Kevin? Yeah. She said, we want to make it clear that even though in the comic books there is a there is an arc where kamala freaky fridays for lack of a better term Mm -hmm. with carol danvers they physically swap places where carol is in kamala's bedroom and kamala is wherever carol danvers was any theories on why they swap places what's going on here that's obviously where we're going to start the next film uh i think i I think maybe there is a chance because they did mention that there was a uh another band so there is a second band and we see this one on the hand of a Cree. So, you know, Carol's out there and she has a lot of, you know, situations where she is with Crease. So I don't know, maybe she is in a place where she saw the band and Kamala and her both were touching it at the same time and they swap places. And now Carol and Monica have to go and get our girl from space or wherever she is. I thought about that, too. I would have assumed if that was the case, it would have at least stayed in carol's hands and nothing comes with her unless it got dropped in the closet i suppose you could explain it that way where carol goes back someone said that like the band wanted to be together so that's why like they didn't give her they just brought her with kamala and probably because kamala had some ancestry with it uh, maybe that's why on her like yeah she was probably just touching it whereas like kamala actually had it on her hand yeah it would have to come off like lady sif's arm sarah any (laughs) theories um as to what happened here um, and then I want to throw Neebs a uh, a Shang Chi theory potentially. Ooh, um, I I don't know. I, other than Carol had that Cree blood transfusion to save her life, um, I I have I really have no idea. I am just I'm in That's the. How we want it, yep. Kevin? How about you? Um, well, first I'll say fun fact. Uh, back to like some early MCU stuff, which I was surprised about. Uh, the scene was filmed by Nia DaCosta of the Marvels. She filmed yeah. it for on that set, you know, so it wasn't um, um, Adil and Bilal who filmed the episode. They said that they were in their the color edit bay, the coloring, and they were just like, what, this is the scene here? Like, what happened? You know, like it just appeared one day or whatever, you know? So I, I love that because, yeah, early MCU stuff, we had the post credits were like from a, another director did the like, Joss did the one on uh, for Age of Ultron Tees and Winter Soldier, you know, things like that. Um, Guardians was in the Thor one, you know, whatnot. But um, I don't know. I've heard thrown people said the Negabands potentially um, thrown around, which in the comics is uh, Captain Marvel, the Marvel character, the male character. His something with him where I think it, it has something to do with it. I'm not entirely sure, but I, I think um, I heard uh, from the Heroes Reforged guys um, that hector on there he said it's like it's sort of like shazam in dc comics with the billy bastion thing with it was marvell and rick jones where if they like knock it together rick jones swapped places with marvell but it wasn't like 
a young kid like becoming big it was like literally like two people swapping swap it, it was a i don't know i think something they may be adapting these nega bands but yeah i mean what you were gonna say brian like we know the 10 rings were in that um wherever that temple was in in india and they got it off of kree so that and the shang chi post credit there it's all tying and that that's really the trip the, the bangle not the 10 rings no, we saw the ten rings in the 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 symbol in the. The symbols were on the floor. The symbols were on the floor. Okay, yeah, I'm on the sorry. floor. I thought you meant like the actual ten. Oh rings. no, no, no! The, the ten ring organization was on the on the floor. So yeah, that Shang Chi post credit is. We were like, oh, we see Carol and Bruce, so maybe She Hulk and the Marvels is going to be continuing. Like it definitely, definitely seems they're putting the lane into the Marvels at least immediately. Maybe She Hulk will do something, but it seems more likely that the Marvels is going to pick up that thread and tie more of that together. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that the that the the post credit scene for Shang Chi with the the beacon or whatever they call it, and these are are connected because I don't believe they are connected. I don't even necessarily think that the ten rings are the second bangle. I'm not going there, but I do seem to think that somehow, I don't think the ten rings in that temple was an Easter egg. I think it was more than that. I think we are going to connect a few more of the dots from from the ten rings to to here so let's let's stick with that we know kamala's next appearance is in the marvels i did love when bruno called her kk by the way i thought that was awesome um we know kamala's next appearance is in the marvels we know she's going to make it out of that film alive iman Vellani is here for a long time neebs what is your dream project for kamala khan who you want her to team up with or what what story you want to see her do Oh man, you know what I would love to see her do? I would love to see her have a fallout with Carol and then her and Monica kind of uh, go their separate ways from Carol and have some kind of Civil War two storyline where she has to stand up to her own idol. And I think that would be real cool arc for her. That was something I never had considered. I expect Carol and Monica to make up fairly early in the next film, but that like Civil War two. With those three, that'd be intense. Sarah, how about you? That would be amazing. I'd never, I'd never thought about that. Um, I'm still processing that. Kevin, why don't you go? <laughs> That's really good. I want that. Mine yeah, is, I, mine is not near yeah, as cool. That, no, that floored me. That too, floored me too. Um, I would love. Uh, I mean, we all know it's coming. The Young Avengers or the Champions. Champions like, I, Avengers. I like her and um, Kate Bishop together, and then maybe I throw Yelena in. Like the three Yuri. of them, maybe like. Uh, at least Amon Vellani and Haley Steinfeld together, I feel like would be great chemistry and great energy. Um, yeah. And, and, then, and, and yeah, Yelena Belova, uh, Florence Pugh has chemistry with everybody. So exactly. And then, and then maybe somehow get spider, uh, spider, uh, Tom Holland apparently still had, he still has one more on the most recent contract for, that was for no way home. The short extension was no way home. And then one Marvel studios one, but it seems like it, people on Sony's end have been cagey. It's, he actually does have another D. I don't know, but in par- apparently a Spider-Man, hopefully Tom Holland should be appearing in something Marvel Studios in the future. Um, so I, yeah, I'd love if he was involved to see, yeah, with the young younger heroes and everything, and with that new suit and her new her suit, and uh, that look great. It's the whole reason I thought we were gonna get Tobey Maguire just as a quick multiverse mm-hmm. thing in just to get the Spider-Man thing over with. Uh, yeah. That that is my dream. I love Peter Parker. I love Tom Holland. I want Tom Holland back in the MCU. I, I get that we don't know who he is, whatever. Like, they still reference him in Multiverse of Madness. Like, that Doctor Strange knows he did something with Spider-Man. Like, I want Kamala Khan and Tom Holland to share the screen as much as humanly possible. I love the two of them, and I think the way they would play off of each other would be so, so much fun. That has nothing to do with Kamala Khan using him big in against Carol Danvers to try and like knock her down a peg. That is. <laughs> Can I uh, add quickly, Brian? Um, I don't know if anybody's seen, but out on the, the Disney wish cruise is the quantum encounter, the new, um, and she's in that. And I was curious cause I'm never, I'm not going to be taking a cruise anytime soon. I like watch the show of like, that's on there with the footage that they filmed. And th- she's interacting with Sam Wilson and um, sort of, hope and scott or whatever so that gave a little bit of a tease of like what she's going to be like so if you if you're curious if if you want to go check it out i think some uh, reporters have put out out on youtube the full uh, show if you want to watch that footage i did because i was like like i said i'm not going to be going on a cruise anytime soon so i wanted to see what it is and like just seeing her in that already it's like oh my god i want to see her in a team-up movie in 
or just with other heroes. Like, I just want to see that because it's going to be gold. It's going to be, and so the Marvels can't come soon enough, but beyond that, like, I want to see her with everybody. Her and Paul Rudd feel like they would be just a, yeah. a grand old mm-hmm. too. So yes. that, that is for sure. David says he needs a scene with Bruno and Ned talking about being guys in the chair. <laughs> I feel like we, we're a ways from that considering Ned no longer knows Peter Parker anymore. Unfortunately, oh, yeah. that's kind of a sad thing to think about. Neebs, thank you so much for joining us. Love to give you a yeah. chance to plug anything you've got going on. But again, thankful for what you were able to bring to our show. Uh, and thank you so much. Sure, man. It, it meant so much to me to be able to share my culture with as many people as possible. You know, this is something that for a long time I've been ashamed of, you know, when I'm growing up in high school and stuff like that. And now to see it shown in this light means a lot to me. It really does. Uh, so I want to share that with the world. So if you want, you can follow me, uh, Watch With Neebs on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. And I also have a podcast called Salam Nerds. Uh, we are also on uh, TikTok and we are on YouTube. Uh, we talk, we recap almost every show that you would love star Wars, Marvel, even the bachelorette. We'll do whatever. Right. So (laughs) we recap everything. I saw the bachelorettes thing right before we came on here. Are you a (laughs) fan of both of the bachelorettes or do you uh, favor one over the other? I I, I'm a big fan of Gabby. I like her. I think she's uh she's a firecracker. She's got jokes. (laughs) (laughs) Sarah at the nerd emporium, nerdy girls after dark, anything that you need to plug. No, I just, Neebs, thank you. I know you don't owe anyone anything, so I, I really appreciate your time um, taking the time to educate us. So thank you. And Kevin, anything for you? Uh, no, just uh, if you've enjoyed our podcast, just uh, we are on Instagram at Earth's Mightiest Weirdos. Um, I do every week an Earth's Mightiest Minute, where it's a little one-minute about a minute clip of all the news of the week, just so you can get a little taste of what's happening. Uh, nothing too spoilery or uh, rumory out there. So it's a, a, definitely a safe watch if you're concerned about that. Um, we would appreciate it if you could check that out. And yeah, echoing again, Neebs, thank you so much for coming. It really, it was so great hearing everything you said. And I, I think, yeah, you just added so many things that we wouldn't obviously have known about or understood and just enlightened us and further our education and everything, you know, so it was really great having you. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Neebs, Sarah, Kevin. It is Harrison Ford's birthday, so I now often get a chance to play this, so I'm going to do it, and then we will see you next week for our State of the MCU discussion. Thank you, everybody. Earth's Mightiest Weirdos is brought to you by Pinch of Pixie Dust Travel. People who love travel understand that life isn't about the breaths you take, it's about the moments that take your breath away. That's why we help coordinate the most magical adventures for you and your family. Disney, Universal, Sandals, Norwegian, Carnival, and more, we are a full-service concierge travel agency that will help with every aspect of your journey. Let us take care of the details while you enjoy your family. Get a quote today by calling us at 570-832-7798 or fill out a trip request form at pinchapixiedusttravel.com. Just follow the second start of the right straight on to your adventure. That's pinchapixiedusttravel.com, where you're making memories one trip at a time. <laughs>